welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Let's open up our Bibles to... Ephesians chapter 3. And I'm going to give you a little bit of an introduction here to something that I really believe is perfect for this time. I don't believe the Lord would give us a word for three months from now. He's going to give us a word for right now. And just just FYI, your pastor seeks God about messages. I don't just, you know, find something, you know, that so-and-so preached, there, there's things that the Lord has already said to us. I'll go back to at times and say, Lord, is there anything else that you want to come forth from that? But I'm praying about these messages. I believe your time is valuable. God knows the demons that are going to attack you four weeks from now or three days from now, and he wants you so ready, it's like flicking flies to get them away. God knows the challenges that are around the corner. He knows the news that's coming your way that you don't know is coming your way right now. He knows some things that are arrayed against you that he wants to not even prosper at all. And what you hear today is going to equip you to live in total victory. I, I believe that with all my heart. I wouldn't be here today if I didn't believe God was going to talk to us. I'd go to some other church somewhere. I believe in what God's doing in Faith Heights. So in, in Ephesians 3, before you turn, I want to say this. I go back to the archives of what the Lord's been giving Faith Heights Church quite regularly, whether it's healing school or series that we've taught or you know, single messages that we've taught or guest speakers, because I want to make sure that those messages, that I'm being a good steward of what I've already heard. And the Lord's really dealing with me about bringing some past series to the forefront and making them very available for easy access and uh, so I went back and I, and I asked myself, God, you've been getting us ready for the days we're living in. Hmm. I went back and started looking at some of the things the Lord's been saying. And oh, my goodness, did he know this was coming? Not sure we all took it super serious to where we're exactly where we could and should have been when all this stuff started to happen. But nevertheless, we're still here. And it ain't over yet. If you're breathing, there's hope, right? Well, so I I, I was thinking, what has God been telling us for the last few weeks, months, and even years to get us ready for these days? I'm going to tell you a couple things I believe he's been speaking to us, and I say this for the benefit of stirring you up, but also to point you back to some past archives and maybe go listen to them. One of the things I sense the Lord has been saying to us to get us ready for these days is if you remember a while back, the Lord talked to us about simplifying our lives. Because it's one thing to be chaotic in the world. It's another thing to be chaotic in the world, in your closet, in your garage, in your house, in your finances. How many know if you can eliminate some chaotic, the chaoticness of the world won't be that overwhelming, especially if you're right where you should be with God and not a bunch of stuff in your life that shouldn't be there. And so God gave us a whole series on making room for the things of God. And it had a lot to do with simplifying our lives, getting that stuff out of the subconscious part of our life that we know is there, that someday we're going to have to deal with it, sell it, clean it, go get it out of storage. What if it's not in storage? It's not in your subconscious if it's not in storage. And subconscious, your subconscious being uncluttered has a lot to do with being led by the Spirit on a higher level. Because we're led by the Spirit on the inside where those things we know are, but we're just not thinking about them right now, but we know we have to deal with them later. You just want to take heed to some of the things the Lord said through that series, making room for the things of God. It's time to simplify. The Lord taught us for a while on they brought, he healed. Do you know why he did? Because right now and in the days ahead, people are going to be more hungry for God, the family of God, the church, the truth than ever before, probably in our lifetime up to this point. And we heard major teaching on how to bring people to church and how that is actually a they brought ministry and not just something goody-goody Christians do. Hmm? You know, really, I'm thinking, you know what we really need a seminar on? Real simple, you ready? We need a seminar that 
motivates and trains people how to pick up people for church. That's deeper than you think right now. I'm done. We, we could spend a whole week on motivating and training the church on how to pick up people and bring them to church. Yeah, I know you may think, well, you just call them and get in the car. Yeah, you think. There's some demons you're going to have to press through, and there's some crazy thoughts you're going to have to press through. It, it, it's easy in theory, but when it gets right down to it, people, did you know that 90 it's either 95 or 95 or 98 percent of all. This is a total fact. Tommy Barnett, First Phoenix Assembly, uh, Charisma Magazine. 95 to 98 percent of all Christians have never led one person to Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Well, maybe it's because we need seminars on soul winning. Not just how to get stuff, you know, or get healed for ourselves. But um, the, Lord, the Lord did that because you watch. There's a lot of people about ready to turn their eyes toward the church. And we've been equipped for the days we're living in. If you ever, so go, go, if you forget some of those things, go back to They Brought He Healed. We taught it for like eight weeks on it. Listen to it, you know, do your sermon a day and listen to what. The Lord said to us now, another thing the Lord did to prepare us for these days is he started helping us to understand that love is the answer. He knew that there was coming a time where the church would even be tempted to be offended at each other. Masks, no masks, blah, blah. Yeah, because see, the devil wants you weak in faith because when he tacks next time, with all these violations of love, your faith won't be able to work and get you out of some things that the enemy's about ready to throw the world's way. And he wants to get us violating love so that our faith doesn't work next time he attacks. So we better be kind and we better be nice and we better quit fighting and we better quit getting offended. We better get back in our place in the church. Quit asking our feelings. Quit looking to people and look to the head of the church and just obey him. Hmm? I mean, your life won't work right unless you go back sometimes and undo some offense and do some apologizing and get where you're supposed to be. I don't care if you start three other churches. They will never work. They won't be fulfilling and you'll get zero rewards. You can't cover up rebellion with good works. And a lot of people are doing all these good works because they know on the inside they're in sin. And I think more good works will get more brownie points. It don't work that way. If God's dealing with you about getting something right, I don't care if you start 50 churches and get 1,000 people in each church. It will mean zero if you did it all out of rebellion from something else the Lord had you to do. We're going to get a, it's going to be a revelation who gets rewards and who doesn't in heaven. Do you know the biggest churches aren't necessarily going to get rewards? You, it, it, there's, there's certain natural success principles you can do to get a big crowd. Means nothing concerning being in the will of God. I mean, come on, Ozzy Osbourne got big crowds. ACDC packed out stadiums. Are they preaching the gospel? You can get big crowds. Church is a, is a great business these days. It's a great commercial business. And a lot of people have entered into the commercial part of church and got some big churches and a lot of people coming. But we don't know they're doing the will of God. Just because they got big crowds doesn't mean they're anointed and called of the Lord. I mean, you, you can name all kinds of people that get big crowds and they're everything but saved. Right? Go ahead and laugh. You got to laugh a little for it to go down better. <laughs> the Lord shared with us just recently about the life of victory preparing us for the days we're living in right now. Basically, he talked to us about living for God versus only running to him while we're doing our own thing because the days that are upon us and the days that are ahead, it ain't going to work right if we're just running to God when we need help while we're doing the good things we want to do. Living in victory is a message for the times we're living in because the Lord knew there's coming a time it's, it's not going to work right unless you're 100% committed. You know, Jesus is coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Wonder how that's going to happen. Might take some pressure and steam to get some of those wrinkles out. It might. 
And then um, another thing, uh, and I know this is a long pre, uh, what do you call it, a preface? But this is a long preface, but I'm, I'm saying that God's gotten us ready for these times. He's given us opportunity to get ready for these times. And another thing we're sensing, the, now listen closely how I say this. Another thing that the Lord is dealing with us about is getting his church out of debt. And that includes this church, but it also includes your houses, your cars, your bills, your, you know, your loans. And this is the way the Lord gave it to me. He said, make sure your God accounts are where they should be and cut back on all non-necessary spending if necessary. These are the two. The Lord spoke this to me, said the people of Faith Heights Church Many of them do not have time in the natural to get out of debt quick enough. They're going to need opportunity to get supernaturally quick. They're going to, they're going to need opportunity to get out of debt supernaturally quick. And then he brought up the building payoff. I thought, what an opportunity before us. A lot of people don't have time in the natural to get out of debt by the time they need to get out of debt. But there's supernatural opportunity to get out of debt quick. And one of those opportunities is see that God's house gets paid off quick. And I'm saying that because I know this isn't my church. It's the Lord Jesus' church. We see the fish and loaves, you know, wasn't enough. So he gave it to Jesus and it became more than enough. A lot of what we have maybe isn't enough, but give it to Jesus and it's more than enough. The widow woman, right, took the cake and gave it to the prophet and then they had food for a long time and they didn't die of starvation. And Haggai talks about it and, and other, other um, Malachi talks about, you know, making sure there's provision in God's house. And then he said, all these things are going to come to your house. And so, and you know, I, I just wax bold and say, if it's not here, find some place to give where it's God's house because these are the days we need to make sure that we're tapping into supernatural return, not just waiting for a 30-year loan to be paid off or 15-year loan to be paid off. All right. And so here, here's where I want to go to now for the remaining time. Turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Another thing the Lord's saying to us right now to prepare us for the times that are here and the times that are ahead is a, is a phrase the Lord gave me a few weeks ago as I was praying about this. And that is, it's time to, to be and to stay filled with God. I was pondering this the other day and realizing how many questions would be answered, how many solutions would, how many problems would be solved, how many things would just straighten out if the Christians would just do this one thing, and that is maintain a spirit-filled life every day. Do you realize that if we all maintained a spirit-filled life every day, I could start teaching into some other areas that we would call the deeper things? Because all the other things would be taken care of because you're in direct contact with God and you know certain things and you're doing certain things and we'd be able to get into deeper things that we need for the hour we're living in. And I, I personally, I, I don't like telling people what to do. I like encouraging people to be filled with the Spirit so they directly from God know what to do. My, a lot of my teaching is getting people closer to the Lord, or more filled with God, and He'll take care of all the direction that needs to be done in the church. Some, you know, like let's say something needs done in the church. Do I have to keep saying, we got this need in the church. We need somebody to help with the lawn. We need somebody to help with the ushers. We need some, or should I just say, let's all get filled with the Spirit. And then they start hearing from God themselves, and they're coming to us instead of us always having to make announcements. We got this need over here. We got this need over there. And so that's another thing that being filled with the Spirit will do. If you want to know and be in the will of God, be filled with the one who's always in the will of God, right? <laughs> Amen. So Ephesians chapter 3, and let's read the prayer that Paul prayed, and notice the phrase, filled with all the fullness of God. And this is, this is not, we're going beyond experience here, we're going to everyday living. Verse 14, Paul said, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Here's what Paul's asking. Father God, that the people, that you would grant the people according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit in their inner man. 
What a great end time prayer. I pray, Father, that Christ may dwell in their hearts by faith, daily, hourly, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And I'm praying, guys, that you would know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, just the fact that we can be like this is amazing. Are you kidding me? We can be filled with all the fullness of God. How much room does that leave for fear in your life? How much does being filled with all the fullness of God leave for wants, for sin, or desires for this? Or how, if you're filled with God, one of the greatest things about filled with God is you don't even want stuff that you used to want. And your spirit's so much stronger than your flesh, it just says, shut up, flesh, and you live for God. Filled with all the fullness of God. Let me say, let me make this very clear. Can you be filled with all the fullness of God? Oh, Paul wouldn't be praying it if he couldn't, and he wouldn't be praying if it wasn't God's will. He wants you to, and you can be. Individually and as a church, we can be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, now here, here's an interesting thought. Think about this. And this, um, I'll, I'll come back to some things, but a while back on a Wednesday night, we showed a video of a guitar player for a band called Hawk Nelson, a very famous Christian band. And I believe it was the guitar player that decided to give up his faith in God and become an agnostic. Was it the singer or the guitar player? I think it was the guitar player. And uh, his name was Jonathan something. I don't remember his last name. And I felt for the guy because I saw him very, very honest, but I saw him very, very uninformed. And I thought, God, where are these people going to church? Come on, man. Body of Christ, what are you doing? I mean, we, we've got people, all kinds of churches and, and leaders and churches, just, just, all, ne just never, ever acknowledging that there's a devil and demons and that he's doing some stuff and just always kicking back and saying God is in control. Well, God in his mysterious will, you know, for some reason, these bad things. Why don't you ever mention the devil Jesus did? Come on, you thinking he's doing nothing and everything's God's fault? Come on, man. The devil and demons are doing all kinds of stuff. And God's given us authority to stop his works and to storm his gates. It's time we stop backing up and just going, oh, God's in control. Get filled with God and act like God against those things. Sometimes it just righteously stirs me up. See people blaming God and not even mentioning the devil and demons at all. Well, there's a devil and there's demons. And yes, you can talk about them too much, but you can also not talk about them at all and be in big trouble. I mean, if there's no devil and demons, what else are you going to do except, well, God is in control. What about resist the devil? What about cast him out? What about give him no place? Why say give him no place if God's in control of everything? Just let him be in control and just give place to the devil, I guess. No, 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 no. So here's this guy. Was he the guitar player, Tim? For Hawk Nelson? Both singer and guitar player. It's really kind of sad. I was watching him up there, and he basically said, I'm, I'm, I'm denying faith in God because I don't understand some things that I saw. I went to a country, and there's all these kids, just young, and they're starving, and they're malnourished, and there's not clean water, and, and all these things, and, and they're dying. A lot of them die at five years old, and they're dying, and they're dying, and... And I said, God, where are you? God, why aren't you doing something about this? And the guy said, basically, and these aren't exact quotes, but the, basically what the guy said is this. He said, we got people here in America praying for a parking space, and God gives them a parking space. But then we got all these kids dying in these other countries, and God's not answering their prayers. And it's, it's really interesting because he said, if I was God... I would break all the rules and help these kids. As a father, he had a couple of children. I said, as a father, I would break all the rules and help these kids. Well, he couldn't quite 
assimilate those thoughts and what he's been seeing. And so he decided to say, well, if God's not going to answer those kids, I don't believe there is a God. If God's not going to help these kids, then I, there is no God. He's going to give you a parking space, but he's not going to help the kids. Plus, we don't even know if God gave anybody a parking space, really. It could have just been a coincidence. But, I'm not saying he won't, I'm just saying. And I thought, all right, number one, places where there's a lot of poverty and there's a lot of terrible things happening, numero uno, they need the gospel. So they can come up, because it doesn't matter if you're in a back jungle and everybody's dying, if you get the word of God in that area and you receive the word of God in that area, things will get better. Wisdom will come, strength will come, healing will come, prosperity will come. And so I was thinking about that connected with this message. Maybe the prayer would have been better to say, or maybe the question would have been better instead of God, why aren't you doing something about all these children dying? Maybe as a Christian, you should have said, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost and power and prosperity. And I, in your stead, will go over there and make a difference in these people's lives supernaturally. That would have been a way better question. Isn't that what Jesus said? Go, believer, do the works that I did and greater work because greater needs are going to be all around because I'm going to my Father. Oh, Jesus, come down and help them. Oh, Lord, why aren't you answering those prayers? Uh, he works through his body just like your head works through your body. The head's not going to jump out of heaven and bob around on it like a head. He's, he's the body. The body's in the earth, right? The better question would be, Lord, why don't you fill me with God? And I'll take your name, your power in a team of people and cargo planes of food if I have to, because I'm not going to deny prosperity. If these kids need help, we need to believe for millions. Right. Well, I don't know about you all preaching prosperity. <laughs> Can I just say it? Shut up. <laughs> if you're talking about why something ain't being done for these poor people, but you don't want prosperity in the church. It's a contradiction. Prosperity and godly people is what's going to help these people. And this is why the devil wants the church broke. Amen. Now, don't be offended I said shut up because Jesus said hold your peace at times, right? So we're not saying shut up to a person necessarily. We're saying shut up to an attitude and a lie of the devil that says prosperity is not important. Tell that to the dying kids who could use a few cargo planes of food and water. Tell that to the people that are dying that prosperity is not important. I, I, I really feel like the people that are against prosperity are against it because they're covetous. They're not loving. They're not givers. They, have, they don't have giving on their mind. They have hoarding on their mind. And that's why they're so mad at it because they think everybody's going to be like them. End time teaching, guys. Got to come forth. Everybody say this. No room. For bondage. For bondage. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, if you're filled with all the fullness of God, how much room does that leave for addictions, fears, sins, sickness? So is the answer being healed? Because if you get healed, you can get sick again. Or is the answer being filled with God to where there's a no vacancy sign around your neck when cancer or disease comes your way and says, I'm going to find way in that body right there. Big old no vacancy sign. You know what I mean? You're filled with God. Been praying in tongues, eating your sermon a day, going to church every time the doors are open. My schedule doesn't allow for that. Change your schedule. Amen. <laughs> this is the end times. The end of all things is at hand. They lived in church in the last days. Barely stayed at home at all. They're in the temple daily. The Lord did tell me that there, there needs to be some repentance before some certain higher things can come on the scene. And it's not just from fleshly sins. It's from attitudes of resistance to the full will of God in people's lives. Turn to Ephesians 5. The verse say this, no room for bondage. So what's one thing that we can do to head toward Living a God-filled life. Pray this prayer, Paul. Pray for the church of Ephesians for ourselves. God, strengthen me with might. 
by your spirit in my inner man. Help me to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that I might be filled with all the fullness of God. See, you, you need to learn to pray these New Testament prayers for yourself and for others as well. But this is the hour to be filled with God. I was thinking about the problems in the earth. I was thinking about how the world is freaking out and all the lies and deceptions that are going on and all the plans against God and the things of God and the church and the, you know, the babies. And I was thinking about all this. I said, Lord, what? What do we need to hear, Father? I'm a pastor. What do I need to cook up in the kitchen? What do I need to feed the people on Sunday and Wednesday? And what do we need to tell the people on Arise, Shine, and all these other things? Lord, what do we need to tell them? This is one of the first things that came up in my spirit. Tell them. Tell them it's my will that they get so filled with the Spirit that they quit struggling so hard to stay out of sin and they quit struggling so hard to get healed of a sickness that they quit struggling so hard wondering what the will of God is for their life. Get them filled with me, son, and they'll be in direct contact with me on an hourly basis and they'll know more surely. They'll be more keen in their decisions. They'll operate more accurately and they'll have thousands of their questions will be answered just by living a spirit-filled life. And so uh, Ephesians 5 and verse 18 and we'll read verse 19. Ephesians 5, 18 and 19, Paul said by the Spirit of God to a church that had already had a Spirit-filled experience. Read Acts 19. Paul came to Ephesus, found certain disciples, said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, We're not so much sure whether there be any Holy Ghost. Paul said, Then what were you baptized? They said, Under John's baptism. And then Paul laid hands on them. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke with tongues, and prophesied. He said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Good question. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm saved. No, no, you received Jesus to get saved. And there's a work of the Spirit in your heart to get saved. But that's called being born of the Spirit. We're talking about have you been filled with the Spirit since you believed? You don't have to be filled with the Spirit to go to heaven. You have to be born of the Spirit to go to heaven. There's a separate experience called being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And the number one trick and lie of the devil to this entire world is you don't need Jesus. And the warfare is so subtle, there are, there are millions of people on this planet that feel like they're okay without Jesus and they're losing the battle. The second lie is if you do receive Jesus, then he wants, the devil wants you to think you already got the fullness of the Spirit. And so why don't you just go ahead and be against those churches that are wild and crazy who believe with speaking in tongues. The devil has got many people satisfied. I know it sounds weird, huh? Without being filled with the Spirit. Believers. And this scripture says, don't be drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Divinely inspired utterances is how you maintain a Spirit-filled life. One of the ways, how you maintain a Spirit-filled life. And so with that, I, I need to read this to you. I know I'm a little sharp and strong today, but hey. <laughs> Sometimes we need a little strong, right? Yes. Strong things coming against us. We might want some strong things coming to us from the Lord so we can use them against the enemy. So, let me, let me just share this with you. Kenneth Hagin had a visitation of the Lord Jesus in 1987. A three-hour visitation in the middle of the night. The Lord took him out of his bed into the atmosphere above the Tulsa Convention Center in the middle of the night and Jesus showed him the upcoming meetings that were to happen in a week or two after this vision. And the Lord started narrating some things about this future meeting that hadn't happened yet, but it did happen. And started pointing out some things in the body of Christ that the church needed to see. And so the Lord talked about all kinds of things about how the church was substituting gold with brass and how, how they were going back to Old Testament worship instead of New Testament in the spirit and in truth. And there was a lot of clapping going on in the churches. People were getting clap happy and, and not lifting their hands and praising and all kinds of stuff a lot of the church didn't like. But we don't just eat what we like, hopefully, right? 
So he said in this chapter, chapter 9, be being filled. I'm going to read it to you. Following our 1987 camp meeting, Kenneth Hagin said, someone asked me, quote, what did Jesus emphasize the most, Brother Hagin, during his three-hour visitation with you in 1987? End quote. Kenneth Hagin said, without question, what Jesus emphasized most in this three-hour visitation that appeared to Brother Hagin is what we'll be discussing in this chapter. Kenneth Hagin said this, Jesus said to me, quote, my plan, now just picture the head of the church walking through the wall right now, addressing all of us and all of us online with a word from heaven. The emphasis of the vision, Jesus said, quote, my plan under the new covenant is for every believer to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I thought, okay, Jesus, this was your emphasis to the prophet of God in 1987 to tell the church. Out of everything in this book, out of everything you got out of the visitation, the emphasis was this. Church, saith the Lord, it is my plan under the new covenant that every believer be filled with the Spirit. He, no, he could have said this. Son, it's my plan for every believer under the new covenant to pray more. He could have said, son, it's my plan under the new covenant that every believer walk in love more. He could have said, son, it's my plan under the new covenant that people hear more word. He could have said, son, it's my plan under the new covenant that people go out and win people to, G to, win people to Christ, to me. Why didn't he say any of that? Does that all, all that stuff sound important? Winning people to Jesus, walking in love more, praying on a higher level. I, I mean, does that, sound, does that sound like a good thing? Why out of everything, and he could have said anything here, why did he say it's my plan under the new covenant for every believer to be filled with the Spirit? I'll tell you why. Because if you're filled with the Spirit, you will be winning people to Jesus. If you're filled with the Spirit, your prayer life goes sky high. If you're filled with the Spirit, your walking in love increases a hundredfold. If you're filled with the Spirit, your faith comes way up. I thought, wait a second. When you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to want what He wants for the reasons He wants it, and you're going to do what He's going to do, and you got the power because you're filled... Being filled with the Spirit is like the most important thing for the New Testament church. Are you following me? I mean, if you're truly living a Spirit-filled, and that's the whole emphasis of the, the chapter is be being filled. The emphasis of this whole chapter is not just having an experience where you spoke in tongues three years ago. And it's not talking about, oh, I'm a Spirit-filled Christian. Oh, like I'm a Lutheran or I'm a Baptist or, or I'm a Word of Faith. It's not a tag. Spirit-filled means you are living a spirit-filled life. It doesn't mean you had an experience at one time. We don't want to say I'm a spirit-filled Christian if you're not living a spirit-filled life. Just say I'm a Christian. And if you're not living the Christian life, just say I'm a saved person. And quit giving people the wrong impression. You know what I mean? I mean, don't, don't put a bumper sticker on your car that says I'm a Christian if you got beer cans all over the car. Just say I'm a saved person. That still has a little problem with the flesh. Right? What's that bumper sticker Joel Osteen talked about? He said he saw a bumper sticker. He said, huh? He said, he, uh, what does it say? He said, oh yeah, because you know you've seen this bumper sticker that says, honk if you love Jesus. Honk if you love Jesus. Honk, honk. Oh, somebody behind me loves Jesus. John Osteen saw this bumper sticker that said, tithe if you love Jesus. Anybody can honk. There's a lot of truth to that. If we're going to say we're a Christian, let's make sure we're living like and not just saying it. Uh, and I thought it was very interesting in the book of Acts, they did not call themselves Christians. The outsiders called them Christ-like. Mm, not saying it's wrong to call yourself a Christian, but just make sure that you're not lying. <laughs> Amen. A lot of people say, I'm a saved person, because that's probably more true than I'm living like Jesus. You know, I'm a saved person, margarita. You know, saved person, another margarita. Ah, just say you're, yeah, saved person would be way better than, I'm a Christian. <laughs> Why did it get quiet in here all of a sudden? <laughs> you could drink a drink that tastes just as good as a margarita without the alcohol. Kenneth Hagin called them sipping saints. I won't tell you anything else. So, so 
So, so, so don't, get, don't get in the bondage. Don't get in the bondage. Don't get in the bondage. You, you, I'm sure you've got scriptures for, for what you want. And we, we don't want a scripture war right now. <laughs> um, but, and I know a lot of you know where I stand on that anyway. But anyway, turn to one more scripture, please, in the book of Acts, chapter 1. Book of Acts, chapter 1. So, if the Lord Jesus did appear to Kenneth Hagin, and the emphasis of the final vision of the prophet of God's life before he went to heaven was, it's my plan under the new covenant for every believer to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, maybe we don't know everything about that that we need to know. Because when he said that, I thought, oh, okay, I got that. I'm filled with the Spirit. And Lars said, you are not even getting what I said through the prophet. Yes, son, you have had a spirit-filled experience. Yes, son, you prayed in tongues a little bit here and there. Yes, son, you remember that time hands were laid on you. Yes, son. But he said, he, he said to live a spirit-filled life is going to totally mess up your agenda. Because you're going to have to make room for drinking and eating the things of God on a higher level if you want to be filled with God. Let me, tell you, let me tell you how you get filled with whatever you're filled with right now. And I'm talking in your spirit, okay? Whatever, whatever you're absorbing is what you're going to be filled. Whatever you're absorbing the most is what you're going to be filled with the most. So you absorb with these eyes. You absorb with these ears. Right? You listening to me? You absorb with what's going on behind the skull, right? In your brain and in your mind. What you're allowing to be on go. And you absorb with your mouth. When I say your mouth, because when you speak, you hear. You speak, you think. You speak, you hear. You speak, you think. Whatever you're saying, you're, you're thinking about and you're hearing at the same time. And that's why the Bible says, don't ever stop speaking God's word. Because you need to constantly be thinking about it and you need to constantly be hearing it because that affects your heart. And out of, the forces, out of your heart comes the forces of life. So that's why we should be constantly just... And I don't know about you, but ever since Tuesday, ever since Wednesday morning, I have been walking in a zone of just constant speaking of the word and praying. Constant. Almost like oblivious of my natural circumstances, unless I'm driving or something, you understand? But just, just in the realm of, all right, Lord, this is serious. There's a devil that wants to take our country down. There's a demon that hates the United States of America. He'd rather it be called the divided states of America. Because when a country divided against itself will fall. So we Christians don't want to be a part of the division. We want to turn to God, not towards others and prove our point. We want to turn to God and see. You need to be more interested right now. Believers, we need to be more interested in what's going on in our own hearts than what's going on in the election. God will take care of the election if we take care of our heart. So in Ephesians, excuse me, Acts chapter 1, and as you're turning there, let's just read it. Let's read verse 4 through 9. And again, this almost reminds me of the vision that Brother Hagin had because one of the last things that we heard from the prophet of God in the final vision of Jesus to the prophet of God was it's my plan that all believers be filled with the Holy Ghost right now. Look at this here. It said, being assembled together with them. This is after Jesus had risen from the dead. He had not yet uh, uh, permanently ascended to the Father. But it said he was to, together with them and Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. But wait, wait, stop right there. Stop right there. He already said, go to all the world and preach the gospel. Now he's commanding them not to leave Jerusalem. See, I told you the Bible had contradictions. Somebody said, no, you just need to read more and grow up. <laughs> right? Because there's no such thing as a contradiction in the Bible. You might have a view from this side of the mountain and a view from that side of the mountain, but it's the same mountain. Just get to the top and you'll see the truth. All right, so he, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. Verse 4. Can you go back, please? That they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait. So he's not saying don't go to all the world and preach the gospel. He's saying until you, before you do go, you're going to need some power. We're not always going to win the word war. We better have some power. The kingdom of God is not in word only, but it's in power. 
Jesus approved. Jesus was approved by God by mighty signs and wonders. Nicodemus said, we know you've come from God. No one can do these miracles except God be with him. Well, he's saying here, go ahead, keep the verse up there. Verse 4. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. Do you know what the promise of the Father was? The Holy Spirit. Coming to live in you and coming to fill you up. Next verse. He said, for John truly baptized with water, but you guys are going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. And it wasn't but a few days till they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the early church had power like never before. Next verse. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him saying, Lord, Okay, yeah, we, we like the Holy Ghost talk. That, that's, that's nice. You, you, you've told us He's the Spirit of truth and that He'll guide us into all the truth. Yeah, we, we heard you teach on that, Lord. But what we're really excited about is, um, 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 will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? I mean, it's great to want to know about the end times. It's great to want to know about the last days. But it's greater to have power to do our job in the last days. I think we all know it's the last days. We probably don't need a ton of teaching that Jesus is coming soon. Although it's, I love that teaching. We'll teach more as the Lord leads. But these guys are saying, okay, cool, awesome, Holy Ghost. But Lord, what we're really excited about is the end times and restoring the kingdom to Israel. And look what Jesus said. He said unto them, it's not good. Or excuse me, it's not for you to know the times and the season which the Father has put in his own power. Then he gets right back on the other subject. Go ahead. But let's get back to the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's get back to the Holy Ghost. Yes, the kingdom's going to be restored to Israel. Yes, we're in the end times. But let's get back to the real issue. You are going to receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you're going to be witnesses. See? 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 Now you don't know why the Lord didn't say, it's my plan under the new covenant that every believer be a better witness. Because witnessing just happens when you're filled with the Spirit. Don't even have to be told to bring people to church. Church is not a part of your life. It is your life. Because of the eternal significance involved. He said, you'll be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Next verse. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Hmm. Seems like Jesus is pretty stirred up about us receiving the Holy Ghost. Do you realize? Jesus had to be filled with the Holy Spirit to fulfill his mission. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. Wait, wait. Why would Jesus have to be anointed with the Holy Ghost if Jesus was already anointed with the Holy Ghost? Because he came here as a man to show us how to do some things as well as die on a cross as a sinless man. And the reason he told us to go do the works that he did is because we have the same Holy Spirit he had. The, the biggest opposition to the church is being filled with the Spirit and maintaining a Spirit-filled life because the devil knows everything else we're called to do effectively hinges on having what others had in the Bible we need to do what we're called to do today. So, in closing, let me just make a couple statements here. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the Helper. So, so if you need help... Who should you be very, very interested in? Uh, the helper. Right? I mean, I know God has answered multitudes of Christians' prayers by saying, go to that church that believes in being filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues and they don't deny the power of God. And they're not recognizing that as the answer to their marriage problems. They're not recognizing that as the answer to their sickness problems. They're not recognizing that as the answer to their financial problems. And they kind of push it aside and keep praying, Lord, help me. Well, there's only one helper last I checked. And I've been checking daily. There's only one helper from heaven in the earth realm. And it's the Holy Spirit. And if you don't want him, 
You push away your help, not God doesn't want you helped. If we're not interested in the helper, now let's, let's face it. If you're filled with the helper, you know, be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. If you're filled with the helper, what would that do for your life? <laughs> it's going to give you the help that you've been needing in your life. What if you don't want the Holy Spirit? What if you're like, I don't want to hear about the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. That's of the devil. Well, that's like attributing the works of God to the devil. And Jesus said, that's a no, 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 no. He said a little bit harsher than that, but I'd say that's a no, no. <laughs> I mean, that's not fun. So, so we've got people saying, Lord, help me. I have marriage problems. And God gives them a sense. Go to that church that you've been deep down thinking about going to, but your emotions don't want to go to because of what your friends will think. And I don't know if I want to hear all that speaking in tongues. And, and God says, go to that church. And you say no to that thought. I, I, they don't even discern it. It's God. No, I'm not going to go to no church that speaks in tongues. And God says, then you're not getting the help that you're asking me for because the helper's in the earth realm and you need to quit talking to me about it and receive the help in the earth realm if you want the help that you need. And so in closing, let me say this to you. Many people have problems in their life because they have room for them. Many people are continuously struggling with sin and falling and breaking their nose, not because they're bad, they're empty. Are you listening to me, church? A big problem in the church right now is being satisfied without being filled with the Spirit. Can I say it like this? Big problem in the church is being satisfied without what Jesus told us through the prophet. It's my plan under the new covenant that every believer be filled with the Spirit. I told you that you're going to be filled with whatever you're thinking about the most, whatever you're talking about the most, whatever you're looking at the most, whatever you're hearing the most, is what you're going to be filled with the most. And so my admonition to you is guard your ears. They're not trash cans. Guard your eyes. They're not garbage disposals. Make sure what you're thinking about is in line with Philippians 4, right? With whatever is true, lovely, just, pure, honest, good report, virtuous, praiseworthy. Think on these things and the God of peace will be with you. Right? So it's very important what we're thinking on because what you're thinking on, your spirit's getting filled with. And if what you're thinking on is what you shouldn't be thinking on, then stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and start speaking what you should be thinking on. If the warfare is a little too much just to silently resist, open your mouth and totally resist. Pull down strongholds. Say what should be on your mind, not just what comes to your mind, and live a spirit-filled life. I said a while back, a spirit a day, will keep, uh, excuse me, a, a sermon a day will keep misery away. Why did the Lord tell us that? Because uh, he wants us ready for what's coming. He, does. he wants us strong in the end times because he wants us coming up and being full anointed ministers. And See, a lot of times the Lord tells you to do things and it's not even really for you. It's for the people around you. Well, I don't know if I want to be filled with the Spirit. I'm doing okay. What about the people all around you who need a supernatural word that you won't have now? who need a supernatural prayer that you're not going to be stirred up enough to pray because you're not filled with the Spirit. What about the people? How about being filled with the Spirit? And how about prospering for the people around us and just quit looking at what it will do for us? Yeah. Jesus wasn't anointed with the Holy Spirit for himself. He was already doing well, right? God manifested in the flesh. So, I say we just pray a prayer. I say we ask the Lord to help us, to open our eyes, to show us what we don't know yet about what it means to live a Spirit-filled life. It's impossible to be sad and filled with the Spirit at the same time. It's impossible to worry and be filled with the Spirit at the same time. Really, success is more about being filled than trying harder. We need to focus more on being filled than staying out of sin. 
I'm not saying don't just, you know, let things happen that you have, you know, power to resist. But I'm saying if you want to get out forever of addictions and sins and bondages, be more focused on being filled with the spirit than just trying to live right. Hmm. And guys, you need to understand that so many problems are happening in people's lives today, not because they're worse sinners than other people. They do need to repent, but it's not from all these big sins that we think people are in trouble for. Jesus said, but except you all repent, you'll all likewise perish. What's he talking about? He's saying, listen, it's not these big mondo sins that's causing people problems. One of the biggest sins that needs to be addressed and clarified is refusal to obey Ephesians 5.18. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody repents for the lust and the drinking and the getting mad and the angry and the abuse, but they never repent from what led up to those sins, which was not being filled with the Spirit that day that they committed such horrific acts. Come on, if you don't get back to the core, guess what? More problems are in your future in those areas because one of the coolest things about being filled with the Spirit is it helps you to want the things of God. Right? It helps your will. Gives you power over your own will. And I encourage everybody to pray in tongues every day. If you've never been initially filled with the Holy Spirit, that needs to happen right now. So why don't you guys stand up? Go ahead, Lou. You can play something there. Let's do this, church. Let's act on the words that we heard today. First of all, let me just pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for showing us what heaven is telling Faith Heights Church and all of its partners and friends watching online. Thank you, Lord, for stirring us up in this area. I heard the Spirit of God say, some will take this message and you'll begin to live a Spirit-filled life and you'll get strong and things will go well and your peace and joy level will be at an all-time high and then you'll begin to slip and then you'll begin to slide and you'll begin to do things that are not conducive with a spirit-filled life not even necessarily sin just things that are taking your time and in a few months you'll find yourself back into the same place that you came out of not realizing Maintaining a spirit-filled life has to do with continuing on when all is well. Living a spirit-filled life when it looks like all is well because we are in the end times and things are happening and are prophesied to happen that only spirit-filled believers will live above, untouched and unaffected by others that will be falling and crashing, so to speak. But Father, we're asking now through prayer that you would help us to understand these things on a higher level. Help us to not just go to something else when we think we got it and we really don't. Help us to maintain a spirit-filled life. Show us the glory of it. Show us the power of it. And if need be, show us the downfall of not doing it. Father, we're asking for mercy and grace. We trust that you're going to help us to maintain a spirit-filled life. We're going to feed on your word regularly. We're going to pray in the spirit regularly. Oh, we're going to watch what we watch and we're going to watch what we listen to and we're going to guard our heart and we're going to live like there's a dove on our shoulder. And we thank you, Father God, that you're doing great and mighty things in our church and in our valley. In Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank, just pray with me for our valley right now. If you pray in tongues, guys, just pray in the spirit for our valley. This valley is ours. The Lord's given it to us. It's our responsibility. Sometimes we get so spread out by trying to win the world, we forget our highest calling, which is right here. Father, we pray for every soul that lives in the Grand Valley, man, woman, and child. We lift them up to you. We pray that you'd help us to reach them, help us to find them, help us to get to them with the word of faith and the glory of God and the help of God. Father, help us to help the people. Bring forth great ideas from heaven. Help us to identify fat and to cut stuff off that's not 
not of you that we thought was of you. Help us get down right to the nitty gritty. We don't want anything done with our time, money, our energy that's not in line with your perfect will for our lives. If it messes up our entire agenda, so be it, Lord. We want your perfect will. We want the church revived. We want people to get in place. We want the end time harvest. We want the glory of God. We want the spiritual awakening. And we avail ourselves to your complete will. In Jesus' name. Oh, Father, we thank you. There's some people that are listening and watching and tapping in. And I heard the Spirit of God say, tell them right now, son, that the church needs them. They have to get over the offense. They have to get over the hurts. Jesus said, I'm your healer. I'm your deliverer. Quit resisting my healing power. Acknowledge you did wrong. Repent. Get right. Come back. The end time church needs you. The head of the church needs you. This whole valley needs you. It's time to come back and to get to your place and to flow with God. And really, you know what? The devil's been lying to some people saying, well, if I went back there, the pastor would just preach at me. Or if I went back there, somebody would look down on me. That's a lie from the devil. And we're exposing that lie right now. If you come back to this church who was originally called to this church, you will be loved on the highest level. We forget those things that are behind. We reach forth to those things that are before. These are the end times. It's time for restoration, divine connections to be restored and the work of God to go strong because lives are in the balance. Our country's in the balance. Oh, brekafin sukuucho lo mabonga de ekradivante breesu sukukukuno lianto brande elejimini undakra akadi brevietakai. Lies have been keeping people from their place. Their lies, brother and sister. Their lies. There's not one person that ever left Faith High Church that we wouldn't welcome back with open arms any day, any hour. Oh, brevansi exuno molece, antilebe bragada. Oh, and the rewards, I heard the Spirit of God say, tell them, son, there's mighty rewards in this life and the life to come. As we munca, isa, genute, bromanate, as we get restored and move forward. Oh, de lembanda, ecre, jevenisa. Jotolomo pongontenfle, egolo du sukuuch to popoko teflandi et de branite caso. Father, we claim this valley for you. We believe you're helping us to reach them as heaven would have us to reach them. We pray for every soul. We say no one's too far gone. We're asking that the power of God and the reign of heaven hits this valley and that people see and understand you and spiritual things and come to you and work for you and live for you. Oh, Father, we're believing for healings and deliverances like never before in Jesus' name in the Grand Valley. And we speak over the state of Colorado and we say, Satan, you are not in charge of our state. We don't care how many numbers or what we've seen or heard and we come against lies and deceptions church do you realize a lot of people voted for the abortion thing to excel because the way it was worded was trickery it was deceptive and a lot of people didn't know what they were voting for they thought they were voting to preserve life not realizing because of the tricky way it was worded they were voting against life and for abortion and it was a scheme of the devil and it was wrong and we come against those lies and we declare this state is a God state, a Jesus Christ state. We declare right now, it'll be very uncomfortable for people to live in this state who are against God and are against life. They will have an overwhelming urge to get out or they will change and get born again. We claim our state. This is our state. We are the occupying force of this planet and we use our authority in the name of Jesus and we declare this state is for Jesus. We come against the powers of darkness and rebuke every foul lie of the devil. Take your hands off of Coloradoans in Jesus' name. And we claim a turnaround. We claim a turnaround for some of these votes. They were based on deception and we rebuke the lies and we say, Jesus, your truth will fix it. In Jesus' name, lead us and guide us by your spirit, Lord. And we'll do in the natural what you lead us to do. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Now, whether you voted for your president or not, the Bible says to pray for your leaders. 
Father, before we dismiss right now all those online and us right here, we stop what we're doing. We, we, we eliminate distractions for this moment in this prayer. And we as a group uh, in harmony, as the church of the living God, we pray for President Donald Trump and Melania and all those that surround him in righteousness. We're asking you for supernatural strength with might by your spirit in their inner man that you would fill them with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Fill them with all joy and peace in believing that they may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Grant them supernatural strength, sweet sleep at night and refreshings every morning in Jesus' name. We pray for him. We declare he is shielded from attacks. He's a, she's shielded from assassination attempts. He's shielded from every weapon that would be tried to form against him. It will not prosper in the name of the Lord. For those that are enemies, their foot will slide in due time and their calamity cometh upon them. And we thank you, Father, for protecting the President of the United States of America. Thank you for having mercy on your church, Lord. We will pray, we will repent. If there's any more repentance needed, we'll do it. And we thank you, Father. I heard the Spirit of God say, some of the repentance is not turning from evil, it's, it's turning from refusal to do the good you've known for years you're to do. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace. Oh, thank you, Lord, for lifting us out of a horrible place. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 